and welcome into the Facts Not Feelings podcast, powered by BZ Consultants Group, with your host, Brooke Furness. Each week, I sit down with experts in the respected fields as we discuss how we can move this wonderful automotive industry forward by differentiating facts from feelings. Our conversation explore how my guests got to where they are today and how they achieve success. All right, let's jump in. Welcome into Facts Not Feelings. I am here with the one and only and always smiling Jordan Cox. And he has his his signature sunglasses on his head. So you know that we mean business today. I am so, so excited to have him in today. He is the former digital manager or digital marketing manager, whatever title, because you know that he wore 15,000 hats as every digital marketing manager at an automotive dealership wears. He was, like I said, a digital marketing manager at Gates Automotive. He is now the formerly at Digital Marketing Manager at Gates Automotive. Now he is the newly appointed head of community engagement at Asoto. By the way, congratulations on that. I'm super, super excited to talk about that as well. And he is the Auto Genius member. And I got to make sure I get this title correct. I've, I've said it quite a few times. But Here the most <laughs> important title is Galactic President Superstar <laughs> McAwesomeville, which is by far the best title we've ever had on the show. Hands down, take the title. Here's your award. <laughs> by far the best title ever. And I told you I'd work that in somehow. So there you go. <laughs> you did, did it, bro. You did it. Look you know, at that. I tried. I was like, okay, how am I going to work this in? That's how we're working on it. <laughs> Today we're exploring all about automotive industries, the evolution, and really importantly is the digital transformation of local dealerships. And somehow I just got really serious there. I I know I transitioned a real hot layer (laughs) of local dealerships. Thank you, thank you, thank you. you. But about dealer collaboration, which I know is so near and dear to you. And in particular, the roll-up podcast, like your own car talks by Gates and mine, I'm really excited to talk about the hot takes by Gates, your YouTube series, which I'm super, super excited to talk about that. And we're going to be talking about also the emerging technologies, because why not? We got to touch on YouTube, bingo, AI, of course, you got to talk about that and digital marketing and how it's shaping our industry today. So grab your favorite beverage, everyone, you know, because I know I've got mine right here, of course, and we, we, we've been talking for a bit. So who knows what's in this as always. You know, I've got something here. We're going to jump into this. Buckle up, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to dive straight into this. So Jordan, as a former digital marketing manager and with all the roles that I just listed, including super galactic, super fragilistic, awesomeness, McAwesomeness, whatever that title was that I cannot remember right now, you see in firsthand of the transformative power of digital technology and in our automotive industry. So you share some insights with our audience today, how you leverage this for our incredible industry and how you've used that for collaboration with our awesome industry. Yeah, of course, Brooke. So first off, thank you so much for having me. Like this is kind of like a dream of mine. Finally coming on your show. Like I've been your number one fan. Like I'm just like giving myself Sorry, that Jeff. title too. Yeah, exactly. I'm your number one fan. I have been for a while. I love what you're doing. I love what you're trying to accomplish. So thank you so much for having me today and let me be a part of this. This is awesome. <laughs> you're so welcome. Yeah, so welcome. And what was so cool is like just hanging out with you a little bit before you started rolling for the show. And I mean, obviously we're great friends, but like it's just great to be back together and 
talk about stuff, laugh about stuff. And anytime I get to spend with you, I always love. So thanks so much for like laughing with me, talking with me and all that stuff. So, um, so shoot, like real quick. So that, that, that title so far, uh, it's, it's Galactic President, Superstar McAwesomeville. And that is a deep track in How I Met Your Mother fandom. So in that series, yeah. So in that series, it's always a joke about how you can give yourself titles. And um, one of the friends, um, the husband actually gives himself the title, the captain. So the another friend gives himself that title, which that's anytime anybody asks me a title, I always put that. So that's why you found that today. Fantastic. <laughs> I apparently have not, don't know my deep tracks of How I Met Your Mother. I've watched quite a few episodes, but I didn't watch that one. So I, I got to catch up now. <laughs> But yeah, Burke, thanks so much for having me today. And really to answer your question, like as far as how you collaborate, how you connect the real community, I always found that just like such a passion of mine was that we need to be able to not only, um, you know, some people say be the mayor of your town when you talk about like content that you're releasing. And what better way to do that than to actually interview the mayor of your town? So we actually did that. And we did that on our uh, podcast series. Uh, back when I was at Gates over, um, over at Gates Automotive. So if you go to GatesCarTalk.com, you can check it out. You can see that content that we were creating. And we kind of changed things um, throughout the couple of seasons. But the most important thing first was highlighting our employees and then segueing to highlighting community leaders and then just kind of releasing news that we thought was important to our local community. So, you know, it's not all automotive related. Sure, we may talk about some EV trends that are going on. But really, we wanted to talk about news and content that was really important to that community. So, you know, I guess that was like what every boy in their 20s wanted to do was create a podcast. That's like that's kind of the joke. But like we were able to do that and do it to a very high degree just because we we're able to produce that. And you might be thinking, OK, that's great. But how does this sell cars? And that's really what everybody's asking is how does this map back to revenue? So. If you really kind of create that content around your audience that you already know, they'll continue to view you as an authentic leader in your community itself. And it's not that you want to go and sell, you know, a car every single episode, but it's about continuing to build that brand and continue to build that relationship with people. So a lot of times I throw out lifetime value of a customer and, you know, based on where your customers are in that timeline, they need something different. And anytime that you're releasing content like this, it really hits customers at multiple parts of that timeline. So it's kind of cool. Not It's not just retention. It's not just getting new customers, but it really empowers you throughout the entire, uh, entire lifetime value of that customer in that timeline. And I know that was a really long answer. No, it, I, I'm just going through there thinking, yes, yes, uh, uh, check, yes, yes, yes. Because so often we're stuck in, oh, did it, did it sell cars? I'm like, slow down, slow exactly. down. It's, yeah. It, and I remember talking with Nathan and same thing with him as we were talking about this very similar topic of the social media and then did it sell a car? I'm like, and we were both just kind of laughing about that. We're like, would you slow down on this? Because all yeah. of this, this branding does sell cars. But if you're looking for this hard and fast one plus one equals sells cars. You're not going to see that in that yeah. way, but all of this drives because when I, when I buy anything, especially when you're buying a car, there are so many stats out there to say, I'm going to go look at their Facebook page yeah. and how are they? Because if it's just a least special, least special, least special finance offer, finance offer, and then nothing for six months, 
oh wait, there's an OEM special. Oh wait, all these OEM specials are the same for every single OEM out there. Oh, that's funny. First off, Google's going to slap you on the wrist for that, but it's a whole other episode in itself. Yeah. What, what are you offering? Because I can buy a car anywhere, but if your social is so engaging that you show that you engage with the community and you're doing this for the community, you're doing, because as, as our industry, we do so many things for the community. And a lot of times that we don't want to, I just don't want to talk about it. Well, that's great that you yeah, don't want to talk exactly. about it. I'm going to make you talk about it is what I'm going to do. Because yeah, as a exactly. consumer, that, I want to see that's that. the hard part that happens all the time. Yes. So, yeah, so that kind of, that leads me into the, like, these biggest barriers that we, we, that we stumble upon. We, we run our head into it about that collaborative effort in our industry. And I know that you do this. I mean, exactly. you got a podcast up and we don't see that a whole lot in our industry. So talk about that a little bit about those, those barriers that we run into. Yeah, sure. So like, you know, when, when you're trying to ideate and then create something from that, they always want to go back and say, okay, what's the, what's the role of this? How does this work? Um, what's your main purpose? And like long-term, you might have a different plan than what you do like in a small chapter. And what I mean by that is we focused on like employee-related content first. So that was like the low-hanging fruit that really helped us get into this experiment with this and really help that storytelling process. So we were able to focus on that employee, make them the star of that episode. And then all of a sudden they're sharing that with their own network and their own community talking about, you know, it's not talking about, hey, how do you sell a car? Not that, not at all. Hey, where did you grow up? Where'd you go to school? What was your favorite sport? What'd you love doing? And just kind of having this like longer form organic conversation around that. And like, yes, organic conversation is great, but you also need to have planning before you walk into that episode and producing that. Because like, if you, if you just want to walk in and sit down in front of a microphone, it's not going to work. It'll, it'll not work long-term. It's not a good plan. And having that uh, structure ahead of time really helps with that. So it's nice because you can weave in that, that dealership story throughout that entire episode, you know? So it's not like, um, Hey, what makes Gates so great? And why should you buy a car from Gates? It's like, no, actually, um, thanks for coming on the show. Um, we're going to talk about you. And then also how long have you been at Gates? what did you start doing when you first started working here? How did you get promoted? What is it about our leadership team that you'd love? What is it about the way that we talk to each other internally that you really love? And by the way, don't just tell me that you think that it's just one big family because that is so cliche and that's so stereotypical. Like, okay, what does that mean? Like, tell me more. Like, let's get into like the detail of it and like the next level of that. And when your employees actually engage with you and they talk about something that they love, like on camera, on audio, dude, you can tell. These are not actors. <laughs> like they, they enjoy doing this. They enjoy talking about that. And you can probably tell that about me. Like I enjoy sharing this story about why um, I love doing what I, what I did for, for Gates before I made that transition. And like, that's, that's just so powerful. And I mean, even just talking through that, like making this transition over to SODU, Automotive State Union, it's just uh, the next step because now we get to wrap our arms around this entire community as a whole. And this entire dealership, I'm sorry, this entire automotive retail community, and we get to make it great together. And that's what ex- so excites me about that. Um, so, I mean, Brooke, like, obviously you've been a part of that, um, you know, making that positive connection within the automotive community. So thank you for doing that. And, you know, thank you for being that positive force within automotive. It's been great. And I just look at this, like, we get to do it together now. Like, this is, this is us being on a team. I love this. 
<laughs> that makes two of us. That makes two of us. No, it's so true. I mean, it's we're talking offline. Just of you yeah. know, there are so many ways to get to the finish line. I mean, you can take That's a right. direct shot. You can take a very windy road to get there. We all get to that finish line in one way or another. And with that, when it comes to whether it's a podcast, is what is your you really have to think this through before you ever say, oh, we're going to do a podcast. That's Except, great yeah. that you want to. It is a lot of time and effort and a lot of financial wherewithal to put that on. And so really starting sure. to think that through of how you're going to go about doing it. What's your guest lineup going to look like? Please, for the love, have not only your guests lined up at least two months in advance. If you can do a month in advance, that's great. If you can do two months in advance, I would highly recommend if you can pre-record, get 10 lined up before you yeah. ever do it beforehand. And everyone's different. I've been like, we were talking before and I've been on shows before that literally there's, it's fly by your feet, see the pants and that works yeah. for them. Great. That's awesome. That works for you. You've now been a part of this. I am a little OCD on how I do mine. It is very <laughs> meticulous. In a very good way. <laughs> very meticulous on how I do mine. So, and everyone's different on how they do it, but that, that brings me into, into your car talk by Gates. And it was influenced yeah. by the way community leaders interact. And so I just would like you to talk a little bit about how that and with the auto industry and how that worked for you. And just a little bit, talk a little bit more about and elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. And in all seriousness, like if anybody out there really is questioning how to do this, what equipment do you need, stuff like that. So I know that Brooke, is willing to help you with that. But, yes. you know, I'm willing to help you too. So like, seriously, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on social media. Just shoot me a message and say, hey, can you send me the equipment list for what you recommend? Like, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. And then there's a few other things like workflow wise, you think about how are you going to shoot it? How are you going to edit it? What's the yes. audio being captured on? What's the video being captured on? And now we're kind of in like the detailed part of this. And this might sound overwhelming to people, but I guarantee like if you go through and do this, if you do it the right way, it will be so worth it because you're going to have this quality piece of content now that you can use forever. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not even joking about that because now all of a sudden we have something that you created, uh, for your, uh, for your dealership, for your store. And you're able to continue to use that on your website. You can use it on social media. You can find it years later and use it again because you're talking about stuff that's relevant for the most part, um, anytime because you have a, like if you're having an employee on there, like a salesperson, that salesperson is talking about what their relationship is with their employer or their relationship with community. And that stuff works all the time. And there's so many different ways you can spin that, so many different ways you can use that. You don't just have to use it as a podcast episode. You can use it as video on social media. So maybe your entire episode is like 20 minutes long, but you can do what Brooke does and make YouTube shorts out of it. You can publish it on social media um, using those same exact topics, like shortened down in that narrow section. So, in all seriousness, if you're really ready to take this to the next step, you know, um, don't worry about the name of your podcast. Like, don't worry about it. Like, move on. There's, there's better things to do than focus on the name for 40 hours straight. Um, just learn, just learn from my mistake. So move on, focus on who you want to have. And I would start with who you have access to. Like, who is easy to work with? Um, who do you know would be able to knock it out of the park? So let's say you are in a dealership as a, as a digital marketing manager, like I was over at Gates Automotive. Who do I have access to? Well, I've got access to salespeople. I've got access to sales managers. I know I already knew people who would be at the top of that list that could really knock that out of the park. So it's kind of easy to have a conversation with them, say, hey, 
um, here's what I'm thinking about doing. I really want to have um, this show that we create together. I'd love to have you on as a guest. Start with that. Then you really need to have, I know that the number is going to vary. I recommend having 10 episodes that are already prepared yes. when you go to release because you need to have that content there so the person can consume the next episode just like that. And if there's someone that you're posting as episode nine or episode 10, those people need to be able to back into your series too. So they can go back through and look at your catalog. And there's a couple different ways you can do this, but I would kind of focus on, um, and again, I can even send you this exact structure for what we use. So seriously, message me. I'll send you what questions you should be asking, asking your, um, asking your employees, your guests. And also like what kind of bio write you need to have for them. So it's pretty easy. You'd have an in, um, do a quick intro. And this also like developed and evolved over time. So like season one for us was different from season two, which was different from season three. And it continued to evolve over time. But right now I'm talking about this low hanging fruit at, um, season, season one with your employees. So it's simple. Make sure you have a tight intro. Make sure you have a commercial break where you can actually talk about what's going on in your dealership. And I would put that at the very end of your episode. <laughs> um, that's what we did just because you don't want to have it um, so commercialized. Really, when you can have your guest on there telling the story of your dealership, um, your employee, that's what that that's where the magic happens because they're telling the story of your dealership. They're in, with passion. And just so you know, it is going to take practice too. Like it's not going to happen yes. perfect. Like you look at, if you're watching Facts Not Feelings right now, you look at Brooke every week and think she's a superstar because that's what I do. I look at that and I'm like, oh my gosh. I was Brooke knocking this out of the Go back and watch my first week. episode. It was rough. Yeah, but like seriously, Brooke, like how, how many episodes did you have to do where you were like comfortable with it? It was a ton, wasn't it? It was a ton. Yeah. And yeah. we were joking before offline. My yeah. very first guest was my brother and I talked to him just a couple days ago and I go, we're bringing sure. you back on just because of how, Juan, thank you for being my guinea pig. But the yeah. very first episode with my first guest, my first guest interview was still a Zoom. And I thought that I had it set up where it was, you know, interview style like this, but with rectangles. Yeah. And once the interview was done, hour later, I go back and watch it. And literally the camera was on my brother, Jordan Furness the entire time. And I was like, well, that sucks. <laughs> I didn't have a mic. I had like a little, like a lapel, like wired mic. Sure. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And, but, yeah. but I will tell you one benefit for me that up until recently, I've been editing all of, so 100 plus episodes. I've been editing everything by myself. And doing that, I was able to go yeah. back and watch, okay, Brooke, I, and I've done a lot of public speaking, but that first time you turn the camera is really different than public speaking because you're just talking to a camera. So yeah. it's really different than public speaking. So you can go back and be like, sure, okay, Brooke, you're saying this word too much. You're saying this too much. You're saying this too much. I introduced a teleprompter. So once you did that, once again, your, your cadence changed. What you're doing is changing. So then it's like, okay, you got to change this. So you're constantly, exactly. from a sports person, I'm constantly looking at my film and saying, yeah. how can I do better? How and can you do I do it over and over and over again every single time? Oh, yeah. So you it know? took, I, you know, I don't know if I can put a number on it, like of how many episodes, but it took a bit. I mean, it, it really no, took a seriously. bit. It also, when it took a bit, there was, just to put this in perspective, me yeah. editing my own content was about eight. It take, takes about eight to 10, an hour episode takes about eight to 10 hours a week for me to edit the audio, edit the visual, put it sure. into shorts. That's another hour. So about 10 hours a week I was spending to do all this. So while it takes some time, I also was spending significant time also looking at everything. So if you're having someone else edit your content, please 
please go back and watch yourself because you are then watching your game film to say, wait a second, I'm saying maybe I'm replacing my ums with so, or yeah. you're, you know, maybe you need to work on your voice inflections or whatever it may be. It's yeah. You, you, real quickly, you're like, oh shit, I'm saying this way too much. <laughs> yeah. But like in all seriousness, especially like the stuff you say over and over and over again, like the intro, like you, you get, you, you get that down so yeah. fine tuned that you will do it in your sleep. So I haven't, I haven't done this in a very long time, but let me try it real quick. Hey everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Our talk presented by Gates Automotive, where we talk about everything correlated from buying, selling to financing and servicing. Today's guest, and you would go into that. So like, but you do it over and over so many times that like finally in your sleep, you're like, oh, there we go. Blah, 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 blah. And like, dude, it's been a while since I've done that intro. That's kind of crazy. That's it's, nice. it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of nostalgic. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's it just takes practice and it takes going back through and looking at that. And so over at um at, at Soto Automotive State of the Union, obviously we have uh, we've got Paul Daly and Kyle Mounsier, and they do an excellent job at presenting themselves um on their morning show and even on content that we produce all the time. And people like again, people will look at that and, and think that, you know, oh, they're just perfect the way that they are, but like, no, like that legitimately took practice. And yes. everything you do takes a very, very long time to do it. And I kid you not. So, um, you know, today, today's morning episode for Sodu, that was the 500th episode for the morning Trollmaker uh, uh, series. So they've done that one 500 times. They've probably done um, probably about a thousand total episodes together um, between all the content they produce. But think of all the effort and time and practice that they put into like refining that exactly. So it takes time to do that. But to be able to get to where you're going, you have to start somewhere. And that's why they always say that the full first step in becoming the matter. And I'm not saying that in any way that I've been a master of what I'm doing. I'm still learning and going through and doing everything too. But you really have to be a fool at some level. And you have to be able to be willing to make some mistakes. And you know, your audio is not going to be perfect. Um, your equipment's not going to be the best. But use what you have. Yes. Learn from it. And then go out and make it better every time with what you can do. So I'm not saying go out and spend like 10 grand. Please, in please don't. Video please yeah, don't. Exactly. Don't, don't do don't. that. That's start not a good idea. Start with your phone. Start with your phone. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And like, um, you know, Brooke, I think back to when I first started um, season one, and I didn't even think about this till just now. We, so we did a two camera setup. So basically what that means, um, well, actually it was three cameras. We would wow. use my iPhone as, as the main camera, the wide angle one that was out front, kind of like where, you know, this is right here. Yeah. And then when you have two people sitting this way, you, you do a cross shot this way and then a cross shot this way with um, camera two, camera three. In, in camera two and camera three, camera three was borrowed. Nice. Camera two was a DSLR that could only record at 20 minutes tops. So what that meant was I had oh, to have a timer on the wall that I had to watch during the episode so that as soon as it would get close to 20, I'd be like, okay, you gotta and then I would walk over, restart that camera, and then like act, come back and act like we were just asking that question again, just to like keep that conversation going. So like, again, I kid you not, like you can go out and do this with, um, you know, very little equipment, like use what you have, you can go out and do it and you, you will make mistakes, but I promise you'll get through it. And, you know, there are times where you can um, reach out to collaborate with people. I just believe that collaboration is so important to yeah. everybody. And not only with like your employees on your podcast, if you're going to go through and do that, but the content you create, but also with your community, 
whether it's people like Brooke Furness, who you could collaborate with, um, who you can comment with on LinkedIn. Um, so like Brooke, I, it, you know how this goes, but your audience probably does it. So I, I call myself Brooke's biggest fan like on LinkedIn. Cause like, I was always like, Oh man, I love what she's doing. Love what she's doing. And I would go there and like comment on stuff. I would uh, consume her content because it was so great to see that. And eventually I considered myself her fan. And then eventually I became Brooke's friend. Like that's how it works. It's true. And that's, that's your community. <laughs> and like, I think back to the Kane event where, um, Easy on the next call here. Easy on yeah. the next call. <laughs> You're right. We're going to edit this, right? <laughs> so, so I think what happens like the, there yeah. stays there. <laughs> so I think back to like the Kane event to like how that was great to finally meet someone in person that like I loved and it was already part of the community and I loved collaborating with um, whether it's like texting with them, whether it's uh, messaging with them. Like I just loved that part of it. And that's why it was such a good segue now to go to uh, so do Automotive State of the Union and, you know, spend more time with, with Kyle, with Paul, with Mike, with Michael Cirillo and that entire team, because like, that's really what we're all about is we're, we're about connecting that community as a whole and collaborating with that community. And, um, you know, shameless plug real fast. We do have an event next week at SodaCon and Brooke doesn't know this yet, but Brooke's audience can also get a special offer on our tickets for next week. So if you don't have your SodaCon tickets, you need to be there. If you haven't heard of a SodaCon, that's my fault. My bad. I didn't do a good enough job telling you about it. Let me tell you what it's about. <laughs> uh, go to SodaCon.com, check it out. And your promo code is FNF100. And that'll give you $100 off a ticket right what now. What was the code again? FNF100. Backstop FNF feelings, 100. 100. You got okay. it. Yep, I'm going to put this actually up on the screen right now. So it's F1F100. Is that correct? You got it. That's oh, it. Right there, ladies and gentlemen. We got it right. If you're watching, and I can't. Part of a great event. Exactly. That's it. Oh, right there. Boom. There. 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 Wait, right wait, in real there, time, there, ladies and gentlemen. Right there, there, yeah, it's like, it, it, it'll somewhere. Be, you know, you never know how, I'm actually going to leave this up here right now. You, you never know yeah. how it's going to switch in post-production, but it, it's right there. Yeah, F, you're right. Facts, not feelings, F1, F, N, F, facts, not feelings, F, N, F, 100, ladies and gentlemen. And that's for a soda con. And that is which, uh, say the dates on that one more time. Yeah, sure. Know. So that's going to be next week. It'll be September 25th, 26th, and 27th. And that's in in Baltimore there. So um, there are a couple of ways you can get in there. I'd fly straight into Baltimore, spend some time with us, spend a couple of days. But it's all about collaborating, connecting, and really getting involved in the local lot of what it be. Like, yes, we're going to talk about theaters. Yes, we're going to talk about DMS stuff. We're going to talk about tools. We're going to talk about technology. But our entire goal is to have everybody leave that event feeling energized and ready for that next step. And Brooke's been a part of that before. Um, this year, we're taking it to the next level and making it even bigger and greater or whatnot. And it's something that we want everybody to be a part of. So that's why we want to do a special offer for your audience. And, you know, we just want to give back to the community. And that's a small way we can do that. Love it. Love it. Super excited. I will be Shame, there. Shameless plug, right? Shame. <laughs> But it's for a good reason. I mean, if you haven't got your tickets, definitely get them the last minute here. I'll work it out here. So super excited yeah, about exactly. that. I actually have to book my my airfare out there. I have the hotel, but I've not booked my airfare. So I need to book yeah. that here. So it's a last minute here. I got to book that here. So super excited yeah, about go. that. It'll be well, great. Well, thank time. you. That's very, very generous. You're very excited about that. So we, we have the collaboration portion of it. And then yeah. when you think about that, that transparency is really, really crucial because transparency, that's also authenticity, right? So what sure. role does transparency play in a successful industry collaborations and how can our 
industry and how can companies ensure that they're maintaining it? You know, so there's a couple different layers of transparency that I want to talk about real fast. So okay. the first layer is like the most actionable one that's the simplest to understand. So when you're having a conversation, like if you are going to go create content or create a podcast, any kind of media like that, where you have an employee on there, when, when I think of transparency, what I think of is, you know, you want them to be the star of that episode, but you also need to take your audience on that journey with them. and like the best thing you can do is give them a space where they can actually be vulnerable, talk about mistakes they made, and also talk about how they overcame that. And I know that that sounds like stupid, but like, hear me out for a second. Our best performing content is when there was a struggle and that guest was able to overcome it. And they're able to talk about that through the storytelling process. So, you know, one of the, I, th- I think back to, um, you know, one of the first episodes that we did in season one, where we do in salespeople is we had a guest on there that was a business manager and he had recently got promoted and he was able to talk about um, his his journey to to get to where he's at. So like, yes, you already know in your mind that he gets the promotion, but that dude went through a big struggle to get to that and being able to talk about that and being able to like build that story. So that they overcome that. And, you know, there was a big struggle for, for that. Um, but that's, that's one layer of transparency. But then the next thing is like, you can't lie to your audience. No. Like, dude, <laughs> they, they can smell that oh, a mile smell away. It. Oh my God. So no. you, you cannot like go on a, um, let's say, let's say you're doing like traditional stuff. So it's like a, a traditional TV spot. You just can't go on there and lie about stuff and say how you're going to treat everybody better than this and that, blah, 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 blah. Well, guess what? They could, they could spot that like a mile away. Yeah. And especially when you're creating media, like it's easy and uh, media content and also like podcast episodes. So it's really easy for them to spot that and smell that. People are smart. They're not idiots. You can't lie to them and like pull the sheets over their, over their eyes. Mm-hmm. So if every employee is talking about how great it is to work there and how they love their bosses and how they all, oh, they do everybody's family, like, dude, you got to go deeper than that. And also that probably means you need to fix your culture. Just, just telling you, like when people say yeah, those three things, yeah. you need to change your culture. Run, run. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. No. Yeah. Like th- there's that layer of transparency. And then there's, um, there's also this ongoing, uh, visual that you need to build with your, with your dealership so that you continue to enhance what the image is of your dealership to the general public because you need to tell the stories that no one else is telling. Yeah. And who cares about your stupid least, least special? Like, yes, is it cool that it's 2.99%? Like, sure, that's awesome. But guess what? You have people that work in your store or your, you know, your, your, your customers do, if you're on the vendor side, that love talking about what they love doing. The more you spend time in that space, better content you're able to produce. And then the more like real that these stories are. Um, that's, that's really, I think where, where people are looking for is they want to be able to connect with some, with someone and with something. Now, like, sure, there is a balance to that. Yeah. Um, you need to have a, you need to have a host on there. That's, um, I'm not going to say that I was perfect. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm not at all. Well, I, I look at my failures all. Yeah. Right. So I look at my failures all the time. Like, what could I have done better? What yeah. could I have done better here? This, this, that, but you need to have someone on there that is a good, um, they're, they're just a good image for your dealership. Yeah. So 
if you really do want to create that kind of media and that kind of content centered around that, like you need to be able to have someone that, that presents themselves well on camera, but also just lives a great personal life. Because I kid you not, you need to have someone that makes good decisions. <laughs> and doesn't not going to show up the front newspaper or not the newspapers don't exist anymore, but do you know what I mean? For exactly. uh, being arrested. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But you need to have that out there so that, um, you know, they're just a good, uh, a good image for your dealership. So there's, there's a lot of stuff like that that makes a difference. Um, it might help if you can find like an executive manager that can be a part of that. Uh, you know, I think of, um, so for example, if I worked in Santa Rosa at a dealership at Hansel Automotive Group, who would I pick for that host? Oh, that's a tough David one. Long. David you know, Long. All day long. Every single time. I love that dude. Yeah. I love that dude, man. And like, I joke about this too, but like, I'm David Long's biggest fan. Well, because he can you just split still the fandom though is my question. <laughs> I, I'm a little concerned that the fandom is being split right now. The David Long, yeah, but I don't know about this right now. I'm a little, I'm a little hurt right now. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, but if we had to prioritize like David Long, Brooke, like, you know, you guys are on different lists. Okay, you know? like, all right. I see how it is. I see it. <laughs> I like, I like to picture you guys more of like circles, like, and there's this Venn diagram where there's overlap. <laughs> They're not intersecting. So we're okay. right here in the overlap. <laughs> exactly. It's not a list. Like everybody just exists. But like, seriously though, if, I feel like places like um like like Hansel, for example, one underutilized thing they could be doing in their local media. And again, like this is gonna come off long. So maybe I should rephrase that. But I'm not calling David Long out. I'm not calling out Hansel, but like that's like the easy low-hanging fruit that I think of is, you know, what if you produce content about your dealership that's local based and ways that you can tell that story and continue to push that forward? Like that. That's what gets me excited. And yeah. there's dealerships around me that I think of that I'm like, oh my gosh, like, dude, who, I, it sounds like I'm being so harsh about these lease specials. Like, who, who cares about your lease special, dude? In the words of Nathan, you're more than a lease special. Like, there's, that should yeah, be 20% of should be selling and the other 80% should be yeah. branding. When you look at so often, we've got so, when you look at anybody you follow, are you going to follow if all they did is shove down a lease special or a price special down? No, I'm not. No, like I look at, I'll exactly. take my Jordans. Like I, I'm not looking at like, I'm looking at, okay, what's releasing, what's doing this. And I'm not looking at the releases about the pricing. The pricing is the last thing. I already know what they cost. Like I, I want to know, okay, what's the release date? All right, show me all the cool pictures of it. All right, show me about exactly. this. Show me about this. Like when Jordan did the whole like exactly. women, uh, when they brought all the female Jordan brand, I was like, oh, this is so freaking cool. And it was just so Dude, all the Jordan cool. team members that were females. I was like, okay, I want to know about that. So all the different branding, look at the things that you follow, whether that's TikTok, whether that's YouTube, whether that's all the different social platforms. What are you following? I was watching something on uh, from Beaver Toyota the other day. And it was literally some that one of their, I don't know if it was oh, a man, service tech. Beaver. And oh, they're phenomenal. And it was literally like, hey, here's how you can detail your car at home. I was like, man, how useful is that? Yeah. Oh, by the way, here's what you can go buy. Exactly. Hey. You can bring it into us and this is what we're going to do. But this is what you get, like useful tips at home. We spend so much time thinking about, oh, what can we do? Think about what you're watching right now. The how-to things or, hey, yeah. what you know, what's your favorite, favorite vehicle? Going back to the kicks thing. Hey, what's your kicks Friday or what's your, I know they do it there too. But like that stuff, like think of the things that you watch and take that into your daily huddle and think about that there. Hey, what about this? What 
really see what sticks, A-B test it, see, okay, okay, this was a really bad idea, but really is a bad idea because you learned that, hey, we're not going to do that again. So now no, take it there. That's so valuable. It's like, I mean, we were talking offline about, there was one of my videos when I was very, lear- you know, learning, like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And it got a lot of views, but almost every freaking comment is them, uh, people bashing me. And I, at the, at the time, I was just like, why does everybody hate me? And I had a friend go, but they're commenting. And I go, you're right. <laughs> so what I learned was that as at I least learned. they know about you. Exactly. <laughs> and what I learned is that, okay, I am self-taught on all my editing. I'm self-taught yeah. on all this. So as I learned, I was like, okay, so I've got to learn this with the audio. I've got to learn this with this. I've got to no, learn with seriously. this. And in the meantime, keep bashing me. And that's okay because you're helping the algorithm. So I super appreciate that. <laughs> so while I, while I in producing it, did screw up because I didn't know what I was doing. Sure. I learned from that. So while it may be seen that I screwed up and it was a bad idea, what I did was it? Because I learned from it. <laughs> exactly. And now you know not what not to do. And that, that's I, so valuable, right? I know now. I now know take the volume down in the background. <laughs> but I think people are so afraid of trying to get out there and do something new. And that's what holds them back. Oh, gosh. And that's what I tell people all the time, Brooke. Like, you need to get out and just do it. And yes, you're going to make mistakes. Yes, your podcast title might suck. Or you might talk about the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Or you might have on the wrong guest that's going to like clam up and not talk about anything. Guess what? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. But guess what? Like you did it. You went out there and you did it and you talked about it. And like, yes, it sounds like I'm just like saying the same thing over and over again. But you need to have your people on camera talking about your dealership. You need a podcast. You need content that's centered around that. And you need to be able to tell that story because no one else is telling that story the right way. And, you know, I think of, um, I think of the greats out. I think of, you know, other greats like in my life that I view that are filling it out there. Uh, Nathaniel Greck, look at Moha. Awesome. I think of Brian Ortega, mm-hmm. um, a High Valley Toyota. I think of Jeff Revilla, who's got an amazing team that's going out there and creating this amazing content that is actually producing, you know, not just impressions, but getting out there, getting in front of people telling the right story and Nathaniel Greklick just put shared a um you know I, w- I won't say the number because it might have been in a private conversation but he recently shared a, a screenshot with um some of the impressions that they were getting between all of their accounts and it was a huge astronomical number it was mind-blowing yeah but it's because they're they're consistently out there talking to their audience all the time on social media and that's something that they're very great at so people can get out there, they can do it, they can kill it. And yes, like, do you, there's a, there's a priority. So do you want to go out and kill it on TikTok right now doing these like ASMR videos of like taking like rappers off of a car? Like you could, but like do other things first. But keep in mind, like the way, the reason that Jeff Revilla is killing it right now on that is because that dude already has the other 20 things on that list, like dialed in. Yeah. That, that's why he's able to focus on number 21 now. And that's how he's able to get sometimes, man, I had to go back and look at it, but there are multiple videos for Smail Honda that have mi- millions of views on TikTok because of that. It's mind blowing. That's crazy. And like, exactly. But it's because he has that process so dialed in. So like, Jeff, I give you a hard time like my brother, but like, I love that guy. And happy birthday <laughs> again and again. Happy and happy oh birthday. Oh my gosh. How could I miss that? Like, Jeff, yes, your birthday's coming up next year on June 12th. 
Hey, birthday's coming up, Jeff. It's coming. Happy birthday. And apparently, Brian Ortega, you got you somehow got roped into this as well. So we'll just say happy birthday to you as well, Brian. So I don't know how you got roped into this. Happy birthday, Brian Ortega. <laughs> but the, the, the three people you just mentioned there. You know, it's just like, it's 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 fun. Yeah, It, it is. And the three people you mentioned there are just doing, oh, making it fun. Social media is, yeah. when you go to social media, you're there to be educated. Maybe you're there to have some fun. Think when you go there, why are you there? Are you there to be, once again, fun, educated, Zoom, scroll? Well, I mean, why are you there? Yeah, And exactly. that's the same thing. So when you, Brian also, man, his, his, his whole production, holy shnikes. Could you imagine oh having that gosh. budget? Holy hell, I would kill for that budget. I know, no kidding. Dude, I love that guy and everything he produces. It's amazing. Incredible, incredible. So I, I want to transition a little bit here over to talking about digital transformation and how that directly is impacting and facilitating our industry in collaboration in our automotive sector. So can you talk about that a little bit? So I just hit this. Yeah, so I think that the evolution of, of digital has really brought us to these new opportunities. So for example, even if you create content on social, like again, you know, social is part of your strategy. There's a bunch of other things too. But even if you just created some organic social content that exists out there and you're able to tell your story and the story of your staff, once you get past that, the next step is your community. And how do you, how do you connect and collaborate with people in your community? So like, yes, I've said collaboration like a million times now, but it's that important. <laughs> so I think of um, very simple ways you can collaborate with uh, people that are doing great things in your community. So look at everybody and then look at those intersections and say, okay, how do we talk about stuff that's important to our audience, important to them, important to what we're trying to accomplish too? And how do you connect with them and push that out digitally? So like, yes, you might just be um, releasing it on social, but now all of a sudden you can also use that same content on your website. You can use that same content on other YouTube, uh, on YouTube, on other social media platforms. Like it's, it's just that mind blowing that you can now use all this stuff in different places. So back to the, the local community collaboration thing and, and tying that back into digital. I think that now, because you're able to make that person a star of that episode and you're able to use it on social media, that you're actually able to reach a new audience that you weren't able to do before. So let's say that you have, what's a good example? Um, Let's say you do interview the mayor of your city, whether it's a big city or a small city. Well, now all of a sudden, if you get the right people to share that to the right network, then you're reaching a new audience that you're able to build authenticity with, you're able to connect with, and then you're also able to get some domain authority. And like, yes, that's a SEO term, but I like using that like, hey, here's the domain of where you live and here's why you're an authoritative member in that community. Amen. And there's just so many different ways to do that. Um, so it, even if you take it a step back and you look at what you're able to produce with like your employees, because of the magic of social media and how that works, and because they're the star of that episode, they're going to share that. Their friends are going to see that. Their family is going to see that. Their connections are going to see that. And now all of a sudden, they're sharing something that they're proud of to an audience that already knows them, but they just like them that much more. And there's ways that you can communi communi continue communicating with them too. So I think that that's a very powerful way to leverage 
not just like your initial connection um, of social media, but like the jumps to other connections. So anytime I talk about like numbers of reach for social media, I always use this analogy. It's like if Brooke knows a thousand people and Jordan knows a thousand people. And then all of Brooke's connections also know a thousand people. Like you're able to get to a million super fast. Yeah. Because think about it. Like what is a thousand times a thousand? That next step. It's a million already. Yeah. Because it happens that quick. And like, yes, that comes from, um, so let me tell you the roots of that real fast. So there's a guy, love him or hate him. His name is uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson. And he has this book called 12 Rules for Life. And basically the way that he looks at it is, hey, you can have a positive influence on a thousand people in your life. And each of those thousand people can also have the positive influence on a thousand people in their life. And now all of a sudden, because you made a positive impact in them, you can actually positively impact a million people. And that's how you do it. So that's where that comes from. I love it. So we'll give him credit. <laughs> no, it's true. It's that, that ripple effect is yeah. so far reaching. So we've talked about the digital yeah. transformation. We're talking about social. We're talking about all these collaboration events. You've been in a dealership. I've been a dealership. And we know other yeah. people in dealerships. And we know that a lot of times there's that, that hesitation of, you know, I'm a GM, an owner, and I just don't really think that I really want to embrace this digital transformation or this collaboration. So what advice would you give to those GMs or those owners out there that are just a little reluctant to everything that we're saying right now? Sure. So there's always that hesitancy point, but I think there's also, you know, there's a couple different perspectives on it because let's say you were at a dealership that was doing the same thing for the last 15 years. Um, In fact, I just had this conversation this morning with Colby Joyner. So shout out to Colby. Hi, Colby. But one thing that him and I were talking about was, you know, there's these dealerships out there that have been doing the same thing for 15 years. Yes. And his example, um, okay, our example was uh, that, you know, if if you've been doing the same thing for 15 years, that was in 2008. Mm -hmm. And yes, in 2008, you could spend 150 grand a month on uh, uh, TV within your, within your area, within your local, uh, your local TV station. But nowadays, you know, that's not the best investment. And that's why he was able to save so much off of his bottom line just by not spending that. And then now you can focus that reach in other places on your marketing budget. So because of the power of digital and how things are moving forward, um, and you know, some dealerships still break down like traditional versus digital. Like those are completely different departments. Yep. Don't do that because like the future is like one team, one effort. Ah. But the problem is it's, it's been that way for so long. So and long. it's been so ingrained like, hey, we need to spend this much on TV. We need to do this direct mail piece. We need to do um, this. Uh, we need to do this bench. We need to do this billboard. We need to do these things that, you know, cost a lot of money that you might not be able to tie back to uh, the attribution part of it for the sale. If you invest correctly with the right partner on digital, you'll have a track back. So you can actually see who you invested, I'm sorry, the audience you communicated with. And then you can have that track back to see if they actually turn into sales. Now, again, it's got to be the right product. It's got to be the right audience. All that stuff got to be the right partner. But that's possible with digital. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people understand that. Yeah. So I think it's that the people are just not willing not only is the wrong way to say it. I think they're scared to change. And yeah. like, yes, yes, what we wanted, what we need to do in the next five to 10 years 
is different than what we've been in for the last five or 10 years. But once you get out there and you make that change and you're willing to be a part of it, jump in the deep end and make it work. And, you know, it's not even about like doing something completely different. I think it's about changing something like 1% every day. So again, like if you use that method and you change something 1% every day, the cumulative effect of that and the cumulative payoff now all of a sudden gets to such a higher number long term. So I'm not saying that you need to change directions. Like if you're heading this direction, if you're heading this direction towards this, it's not like you need to completely change it go this way. No. It's like you just need to change just a little bit mm-hmm. and focus like this and then turn a little bit more and pivot that way. Yeah. And it's just really more about getting effective, um, effective spins so you can lose more on something as opposed to just throwing money out the door. Um, so that's why I would say that you at least need to look at it and try and make the change. And yes, like when, when, Brooke, when you and I throw out digital, like, yes, that's like a huge category. Oh, like, just among me. So what do you do? I'm like, oh, let me narrow that down for you a little bit here. Yeah, let me tell you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Like, that's why you joke, Brooke, that like the digital marketing manager wears like 15 hats on their like, head. Minimum. Because now all of a sudden they're like, uh, I don't know what that is. Give it to them. IT, turn them. off the light. IT, yeah. Party like, planner, oh, staff exactly. photo taker, um, no, counselor. Seriously. What are you? Okay, yeah. yeah. Exactly, Brooke. But that's the problem is that we think that the digital marketing manager can do everything. And like, yes, there are certain people that can be in that role that can do that. And um, perfect example, you just nailed it on the head. Most people will think that a digital marketing manager or someone in that role should be able to be skilled in photography, skilled in videography, skilled in audio capture. Like, yes, those were strengths of Jordan when Jordan was at Gates Automotive. But like, not everybody has those. No. And same thing with digital. Not everybody's going to be able to do all this stuff in this big circle of stuff, but they can do, you know, this or this, this, and this. And because it's so mystifying to people, I think that they're too afraid to say that, oh, I want to try that. I want to do this. I want to do that. But I promise you, like, get in there, just learn some stuff. And it doesn't have to be a lot. It can be five or 10 minutes a day. You're like, okay, um, I'm going to go learn about this today. Yeah. And I'm going to go learn about that. And Maybe it even starts with your third party listing. So go look at cars.com. Go look at Auto Trader. Go look at um, Carb Gurus and say, okay, what like attributable points can we look at for shoppers? And what kind of trackbacks can we see? And I know like, Brooke, we were like just ripping on GA4 big time before this because of all the struggles. But like, yes, it is hard to set it up. Yes, it is hard to learn it. Yes, it is hard to get everybody to cooperate and get everything out of like working correctly. But once you have all those pieces that work together or realistically like the majority of them. Yes. So like, let's say you got like 60 or 70% of it working good. That's awesome. Yeah. You can now use that picture to actually tell a good story of what's going on with your shoppers. So I think that that's so valuable. And like, yes, is this surface level stuff? Extremely. Yeah. But you should know it exists. One, you should know it exists. Two, you should have someone that's focused on that new dealership. And three, you, you should just invest a little bit of time in that. And, you know, I've been very thankful that throughout my 10, 10 years in automotive on the retail side um, and, you know, at dealerships, like I've been so thankful to have people that are willing to like understand that and empower you. Like, I, I kid you not, Brooke, like um, I know that I was joking with you about like crying earlier about something like about my transition during Gates. But like, seriously, though, like it was so powerful and that was so meaningful. And there have been so many good relationships that. Yes, you might have said bye to one thing, but guess what? Like that opens up, you're saying bye to those things because you open up a new chapter in your life. And that's, man, that's my soapbox. Like, 
Brooke. Like I'm excited to be at a SOTU helping like collaborate with dealers and connect and communicate these imp- important things. Um, and I, you know, I'm just thankful for people like you that are out there also doing this with dealerships too and helping educate them. So thanks for, thanks for leading the charge, Brooke. Oh, thank you. All that being said, you rock. Thank you. Like Bill was saying, and I, I know that we were, we were going to touch, I, I, you know, after that, I was like, I'm looking at the next question talking about AI. And I was like, I don't know. But I guess we can get in. You're like, you're like, Jordan's crying on candle. Like, like, we we, we want to go this way. I mean, so I'll, I'll leave it up to you on this one is that I know we, we had teased that we were going to talk about AI and machine learning. Oh, we on got this. you now. And yeah. it, it, you, we had talked at the very beginning about don't stress about your name of your podcast. No, there's Perfect so much example. AI and so much machine learning out there that I use it 98% of my day. Like I throw it in there and it's not just I ask it once. Seriously. You're just constantly asking this. And so... If you're worried about something like that and you have questions, I mean, I did a, a chat. I, I honestly need to do a follow-up to uh, chat GPT and AI and all that and just kind of walk people through it again because it is, it's ever evolving. So if you've got a question like that, I mean, throw it into chat GPT and see like, hey, what what ones are actually uh, are good ones? And then, but keep, it's the prompts. If you don't know how to do prompts, that's a problem because you're going to get, honestly, if yeah. you're not getting good results, it's probably exactly. because your prompts you crap sucks. So exactly. with those, with the emerging technologies, with machine learning, with AI, how does that with correlate with the future of collaboration with our amazing tech, with our amazing industry? So very like low hanging fruit when I think of like AI and how this connects with everything we talked about in the final editing stages of, um, of like a podcast or content, things like that. If you really have like a two camera system, and you have uh, separate audio for that, then within Premiere Pro, with, within whatever editor you have, you can actually use an AI editor. Yeah. So you can look it up real fast. Just look up, um, there's a couple of them out there, but just look up pod editing AI. Yeah. And what it'll do, um, Jeff Villa was actually the one that got me onto this. And I was like, oh, dude, that's cool. Podcast like, is great. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good one. And you used to have to sit down and like edit and switch the camera for um, between them for the entire episode. But what this does is it sits and listens and says, okay, this person's talking. Okay, go to this camera. Or this person's talking, go to that camera. And it will automatically do the cuts for you. So there's these tools out there you can utilize to make your workflow easier. But even like, just like you said, if you are struggling or stuck on something, like, dude, use AI and let AI get the crap ideas out there. That way you can pick like the one good one. Yeah. So like we joke that, sure, you might have to have like a hundred outputs of something, but you're smart enough that you can look through a hundred of those and you can pick out the one that like kicks butt. Yeah. And it, you know, it is. It is. Like even I was, ta- I was listening to an interview with uh, Gail Rubenstein and she was talking how her team, it used to take a five, them five days to go through the content calendar for 30 days and literally not just have the content, yeah. but literally do the whole thing. And now with synesthesia, takes them one day. And I can tell you, like, even like if, yeah. if I have a client that's like, I'm like, well, I really don't know the content for you all. I'll help you analyze it. Sure. But I can quickly throw it into chat GPT. Now I'm going to make sure the prompts are correct, but I can have a 30 day calendar out to you and make sure it's good. Yeah. Give me a couple hours. I'll have it out to you. Like it's. Yeah. Now, if you want the content content, now you're going to have to take, you know, make sure you have the right tool or have the right plugin to make sure it's there correctly. But there are so sure. many tools out there you know, whether, okay, you've got clips. I was using video for a while. There's so many other tools out there that you can figure out what, you know, yeah. what it is that you want. Man, there are so many tools to make your life so much easier. 
a year ago, that was not necessarily the case. <laughs> yes. Well, like in all seriousness, Brooke, like I know we've been joking about how cool like AI is and how much we've been using ChatGPT now in our lives. But think about it. If you are responsible for producing social content, uh, text, text social content on uh, for your dealership, dude, you should be using ChatGPT right now. <laughs> like that will help you produce just like you said, the entire content calendar for what you're looking for. Yeah. And you can even tell it based off what you're looking for. Say, hey, um, for the next 30 days, I need to post to Facebook twice a day. And I'm, again, I'm not saying to do it that much. I'm just showing you the power of AI. But I need to post twice a day. I want to focus on this stuff um, 10% of the time, this stuff 40% of the time. And then I want to focus on community-related stuff 50% of the time. And you can give it that. And then it structures it all for you. Yeah. Which is amazing. It, it's awesome. It's incredible. But, uh, I mean, that's what that's the do. power of AI. Yeah, I mean, even like vidIQ now has, and I don't know when it did it, but it's got the AI assistant now. I mean, everything is AI driven. I will just, as I always yeah. say this is, please do not copy and paste it though. Please put your own <laughs> human touch on it. <laughs> the one- will spin. <laughs> yes. One is that Google is going to see that you copied and pasted. There's a watermark That's behind right. there. That's number one. Number two- I will use my own example of my last name is that Furnace AI always thinks that my name is spelled a different way, like the heater. It is like so like right. the heater, but it is spelled differently. So just make sure that you have your own spin on it so that it is not plagiarized from chat GPT. Please don't do that. That's my little PSA that I'm going to say no, every sure. single time I do it. And like, just drives me crazy. Drives yeah. me crazy. But like, seriously, you, you, you need to go back through and like watch it. And, yeah. or you, I'm sorry, you need to go back through and read it all to make sure it's like the correct thing because like, um, you know what's right and what's wrong. If if you input something and then the output actually is um something like completely off the wall, like dude, you can read that and you'll know it in like two minutes. Yeah. And it's a robot. I mean, so it could have been that you're prompt. I mean, I, I jokingly so I, I I interviewed someone earlier this week and we it was we're going through it and I go, I literally put the same prompt that I have, you know, I have six prompts for this task. And the same prompts I do for every single task, and it randomly just like you know, I'm out to lunch. I'm done. I was like, whoa, what are you doing? Like, and so you do, you're still the human in the situation. Like understand that you're the human in the situation. So because it yeah. is, it is predictive text, understand what it is doing and just be like, okay, time for a new chat. Okay. New conversation, yeah. putting you in. Like I use uh, a, a, AIPRM, I think is what it's called. And it, it's got all of the prompts there for me. And even with that, I still have to be like, okay, these are the prompts that I want. And you screwed up. Okay, not mad at the AI because you're a robot. I can't get mad at you. This is what we need to do. Yeah. So just understand. And then Google may update something. And with that update, it just doesn't work. So you just have to sure. constantly understand that you are the human in the situation. And you're are the you, adult. Yeah, yes. It is a toddler that's a very, very, and it's, I think it was, oh, who was it? Uh, uh, not Angus Fox. It was Zach Billings. It's like, it's a toddler with access to the internet is what ChatGPT is. Right. And it's like, oh, that's a no, great seriously. analogy there. So, yeah. All no, right, Jordan. Like, we are at that time. Still, oh, man. We are at, what was that? Do it. No. Uh, no, go ahead. Do it. Do it. Do it. Oh, you know what text? Lightning. Okay. No. <laughs> we are at the lightning run, dude. So, you know, officially made it to the lightning round of facts not failing. So first and foremost, for those that are watching, we've got Jordan's link right up here. <laughs> for those that are listening, how can they find you? How can they get in touch with you? Oh, boy. Find me on social media, Jordan Cox. Uh, LinkedIn's going to be my favorite one just because I love that community on there. And I love collaborating, connecting with people on there. Um, so 
chances are, if you're going to get on LinkedIn and connect with me, then I guarantee I'm going to be commenting on your stuff pretty quickly just because I love that. And then same thing too, like if you want to get on Instagram, um, it's just Jordan Cox. Like that's my handle, just Jordan Cox. I like it. I like it. Okay, we'll take it. We'll take it. Awesome. All right. Name of the show is Facts, Not Feelings. So how are you distinguishing facts from feelings in either your professional life or in your personal life? And so here's what, uh, so it's actually funny. So like one of the things you also asked in the pre-interview was what's your favorite book? Yes. And the book that I put down was um, Lying with Statistics. Oh. And the old, the old quote is something like, um, data doesn't lie, but people do. Mm-hmm. So I think you really need to understand the context of where the data is coming from and why that's so valuable. Yeah. And like huge props to Brooke Furness. So like, so real quick, Brooke, um, I don't remember this, but back at the Kane event, we were talking about something like, oh, hey, this is really cool. It does this, it does that. And you were like, but where does that data come from? <laughs> Does that get filtered? Does it do this? Does it do that? And you were just like so straight to that. And I was, you know what? Just kind of, like, how does that get filtered? How does it look that way? And basically, I know I know I brought the book, so let me get back to it. The book is um, Lying with Statistics. And what that means is based on how you present that information, you know, you really change the story of that. So I, I would just say you really need to understand where the data is coming from, what the data set is, how it works. And how people are possibly manipulating it. Yes. Yes. Oh, God. It, that is something that using a report to prove your point and the, what is it, 80% of statistics are made up. Yeah, because anyone can make up a statistic and move it to their point. Yeah, exactly. But working the facts to say, this is a fact, not a data point of statistics that I want to prove my point. Yeah. No. No, or I, this is proprietary knowledge of a dashboard that I'm like, well, we'll say what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, and you can have a lot of different dashboards, but are those dashboards going in the same direction? Because if one's going a completely opposite direction, maybe look into that a little bit. Yeah. Okay, so let's go. Yeah, you, sure. you, you just, you knocked out a favorite book. We knocked out uh, Facts Not Feeling. <laughs> so let's go with what TV show, I, I, I think you mentioned it already. But what TV show are you currently watching? Oh, man. So two that are on repeat all the time. The Office, of course. Yes. How I Met Your Mother. Oh, I'm going to have to toss a couple more now. Parks and Recreation. And then, you know, I was late to the game, but there's all another one I really like, which is called The Good Place. Yeah. And if you haven't had a chance to check it out like you should, and Brooke, it sounds like you know exactly what I'm talking I about. I do. I've watched quite a, I haven't watched the whole thing, but I've watched quite a few episodes and it's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, Jordan, thank yeah, you so it. much. It's been such a pleasure. I'm, I'm actually going to put this up here one more time. Is Look, if, thank you. Thank you. We've got that. Once we go. again, if you're going to or thinking about going to a soda con, we have got the coupon code up again, up again here. Once again, it is FNF100, courtesy of the one and only, always smiling with the sunglasses, the patent <laughs> sunglasses of Jordan Cox. And everyone, as always, you know this at this point. Find a way to serve a day, whether that is a kind smile or opening up it. a door for somebody. Just find a way to be the joy and find a way to help somebody. And with that, everyone, we will see everybody next week. You 
you've been listening to Facts Not Feelings with Brooke Furness. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you haven't already, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Leave us a rating. If you know a friend or a colleague will benefit from today's episode, share it with them. Until next week, find a way to serve someone. Find a way to help your neighbor. Remember, we are all in this together.